You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is, of course, Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode 366 of this podcast where we like to talk about everything and that includes in this case furniture yes you heard that right today is april 7th 2022 and in this episode i want to talk about furniture why is furniture the topic at hand well a couple of things first of all my older four boys helped a great deal the early part of today. And I want to talk them up for a little bit because I'm very pleased with their contributions. I really appreciate their contributions. But Josiah and Solomon, first born and third born, went with me. And while we were gone, the second and fourth born, Eli and Daniel, also, all together helped in changing up our only daughter's, or in their case, only sister's, bedroom furniture. Now, why is that a big deal? Why is that important? Why should you care? Well, for starters, let me back up and we'll talk about Lauren's and my early years being married. So for those of you who don't know, Lauren and I got married pretty young. She was 19 and a half. I had just turned 20, 20 days prior. November 5th is my birthday, our anniversary. If you're ever looking to send us a congratulations or happy anniversary, it is the 25th of November. I was born Guy Fox Day and our anniversary is the week of Thanksgiving. Easy way to remember it. But we were young, and lots of people let us know that, reminded us of it. We got married, and we were still in college at the time, and we ended up dropping out of college because to us, marriage was more important than a little piece of paper saying, we know stuff. That isn't to say that there is no place for <clears throat> a credential or a diploma saying that you, in fact, know things, but... Quite frankly, maybe this is cynicism or maybe it's realism. I think that little pieces of paper that say, you know, stuff mean less and less, the more and more debt is carried with them. And also the more and more that universities and institutions, which are handing out those pieces of paper are not really trying to teach you some marketable skill. They're not really trying to build you up into a renaissance man or a renaissance woman, very educated, very empowered, very erudite, very conversant, so much as they are trying to get your money on the one hand, and for another thing, they're trying to brainwash you into what it is that they believe should be done politically. So we didn't find that very compelling. Quite frankly, I didn't find that very compelling. There's Lots of really good reasons to go and get a college education. For instance, if you're planning on becoming an engineer or a doctor, there's just not much for it except for getting a diploma. But if you're going to school for some kind of a liberal arts degree and you don't know what you're going to do to make money, to pay that loan back, those loans back, Maybe just maybe you'd be better off doing what my wife and I did. Or maybe in the meantime, if you're not sure what you want to do for a vocation, you don't feel especially called to one thing in particular, maybe you'd be better off doing something like what my wife and I did. Although I hope better. I hope for those of you listening to this podcast, I hope that you are served well as I try to be honest with you about things that I wish in hindsight we had done differently. Now, one of those things, and I don't even know so much whether it could have been helped at the time, but one of those things 
has to do with the kind of furniture that we bought. And I want to draw an analogy here to other sorts of decisions that we make in the moment because it seems as though resources, time, attention, etc., money even, uh, is in short supply. So what we did early in our marriage, because we were two poor college dropouts who got pregnant right away, right, right away, everything works, all systems are a go when we decide that we are okay with having a child. And we got pregnant right away. Josiah's due date was (laughs) nine months after our wedding day. I'll just put it that way. But with regards to our finances, um, there was a recession that started basically the same year that was the first year of our marriage. And it certainly was still in full swing for some time after. And Southern Ohio was not gently receiving that recession. And so again, just money was not in abundant supply. What we did then was we, or I should say more to the point, I found furniture every now and then on curbsides. People were throwing away something that looked to me like it could have some more life in it. It was better than what we had. For instance, nothing. Uh, Or we went to Goodwill, consignment stores, picked up used furniture on the cheap that way. Or we got furniture from Walmart. Those basically were the three main sources of all of our furniture early on, uh, with the exception of Lauren's in my bedroom set, for sure, because that was actually given to us by her great aunt, Char, uh, Charlotte, uh, actually, more precisely. And we still have that bedroom set, actually, here recently with the impending sale of our home, which actually went through 100%. And finally, it's a totally done deal. We got the funds in our account. Everybody signed. It's done, 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 done. Hurrah. Celebrate. Thank God. We have been talking about potentially, possibly, maybe, just maybe, if we dare, looking at some different furniture for our bedroom. I know it's very selfish, but over 15 years into our marriage, we are feeling like maybe, just maybe, now would be a good time for us to look at getting something different than the dresser that I have, the dresser that she has, the mirror that rests haphazardly on top of her dresser, the headboard, which is too small for our bed. (laughs) So we're scouring, not the new, nicest, fanciest stuff, even still. We've basically upgraded to the modern equivalent, today's equivalent of looking on Goodwill or driving around and saying, hey, you know, there's a yard sale. There's a piece of furniture sitting by the curb. We've basically graduated. And so we're looking at Facebook Marketplace. And actually just this morning, again, my four older boys, our four older boys, were instrumental in giving Evelyn Grace, our only daughter, their only sister, a upgrade to her room. And part of how we did this was twofold. One, we were given a loft bed by our neighbors, two houses down sometime in the past year. I think it was last fall, maybe last summer, but I don't remember how they got a hold of it. I just remember that they gave it to us. They said, Hey, could you guys use this? And we said, yeah, probably. Next thing we know it's sitting in our garage for months, months and months and months and months. And then here recently with getting new beds for the older four boys, and then all the younger boys, except for Andrew, who's a newborn, not quite ready for that yet. Uh, But basically all six of the boys who have their dwelling in the basement, having gotten them all new bunk beds and getting some new dressers for them down there, we had dear sweet Evelyn chiming in and saying, you know, I would like 
some new furniture. Can I get some new furniture? At first, I'll admit, I was a little bit peeved. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, what? Do we need all new furniture across the whole house? Like Now it's open season on dear old dad. Everybody's going to have new furniture. And man, oh man, this is going to get out of hand here. And so I tried to basically just say like, nope, no, 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 no. Nope, you're fine. Nope, 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 no. And then, of course, as this usually works, I say that, everybody gets quiet and goes back to what they were doing before. And then I'm sitting there alone with my thoughts and I'm thinking to myself, I only have one daughter. Surely there's something we could do. Maybe there's something we could do, right? Like her desk is kind of chintzy. And she was at a totally different stage when we got it. And now increasingly she's a young lady. She's a young woman. And she wants to be able to sit there and read and write things. And she's decided she wants to write a book or a bunch of books. And man, how could I fault her for that? I should just, we should do something, right? We should, yeah, we should do something. So we did, right? But lo and behold, actually, here's a cool thing. Facebook Marketplace, I, you know, and I, death on Facebook's censorship of conservatives, of course, as always. But Facebook Marketplace is pretty cool. It's pretty neat. It's like an online yard sale in your area. And so I basically told my wife, I said, hey, you know what? Like maybe we could just keep an eye out for some things on Facebook Marketplace. And if we can see that there's a decent desk that we could get, a used desk, it doesn't have to be something new, but it should be something that's maybe a little bit more in keeping with where Evelyn is at developmentally. You know, maybe we could pick it up. If it's not too expensive, we're selling the house up in Montana. Maybe it's time that we get something that's a little bit better. Because, you know, come to think of it, here we're selling this house up there in Montana. And if we do some things right and we make some good changes and good adjustments and the cash flow improves and whatnot, I mean, there's really no way around getting into a newer house. Not much hope of getting into something else that is going to be suitable that isn't basically going to make the furniture we've got right now look pretty silly. And if people come and help, like we've helped others to move into their homes, if they come and help, we're going to be really embarrassed to be moving this furniture. Do we really want to move this furniture into a new home? Maybe it would be better to get rid of some of this furniture and do just generalized spring cleaning. Let's get rid of some of the stuff that is just not going to be the kind of stuff that we're going to want to move into a new house in and with. And cool thing, cool story. We found a really neat secondhand used crafting desk that some lady in Loveland, which is just 20 minutes away, was trying to get rid of. Her and her husband are moving. They've got a baby. I didn't, I guess I wasn't really paying attention, but a, a baby, a newborn looks like, newborn girl, newborn boy. And she'd painted this desk. It looks really nice. Uh, Evelyn could definitely use it for a computer desk at some point because the little drawer. There's one little drawer. Uh, it folds down and there's a little place in the back where you can, you know, pull the keyboard and mouse cables through and plug them in. And, you know, it's great. It's great. If you can believe it, we got that desk for 25 bucks, $25. Now, of course, gas being as expensive as it is, it was probably about $25 worth of gas for us to drive there and back again. But still, right, still $25 to take that desk off their hands, a screaming deal. So I take Josiah and Solomon and the three of us drive to Loveland, didn't even have to use them to haul the desk out. I didn't know quite you know, what we would be in store for 
as far as the weight of the desk, logistical challenges. So I thought, you know, I'm going to take two of the older boys, two of them on one end, me on the other. We should be able to handle it, uh, whatever we've got to do with this. But the lady's husband, she basically said, hey, you know, here's my husband, and he'll help you carry it out. Okay, great, fantastic. That's cool. Uh, She was from Helena, by the way, which was cool because Lauren forwarded me the phone number for me to text her and say, hey, I'm out front. Uh, where do you want me to park? And it was a 406 number. So I'm like, hey, yeah, 406, are you from Montana by chance? She's like, yeah, no, I'm from Helena. And I'm like, oh, that's super cool. I'm from Glendive. She's like, oh, really? Like, you know, because they're only several hundred miles away from each other, but it's all one big small town in Montana. Only a million people as of like 2012 when I moved back. But yeah, we got this desk loaded up. And so Josiah and Solomon and myself, we're planning on driving out. And then I get to thinking, you know, this desk, Evelyn definitely needs a lamp for it, right? Like that's not, you know, like that you just, every desk needs a lamp. It's just, there's no two ways around it. And so then I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know what? There's a target right there, right here. There's no time like the present. We might as well just swing in and, you know, they just take a look, right? Of course, we left target with a lamp, white and gold. The desk is this nice chalk paint, dark gray, which looks great under the gray loft bed metal loft bed that she now has over top of it. And there's this really cool Hobby Lobby uh, canvas type wall art that is sitting on it for now. I think we'll probably end up moving it, but we'll see. It's a map of the world with all the countries in shades of pink, gold outlines, And then in gold lettering along the bottom, it says she's going places, which I just think is great, right? You know, I just want to make very, very clear. I am by no means a feminist. I am by no means a women's empowerment type person in the way that feminists are for women's empowerment. I think that feminism has done a great deal of harm, actually, to women. And that's why I am very much a critic of feminism. But I think very often I can give the, I can, I can give the wrong impression. I can give the false impression. And I want to clear this up once and for all. I am not opposed to women, right? I think women are fantastic. I think little women especially, particularly my daughter, Evelyn, are fantastic. And it's precisely because I love my daughter that I am a major critic of feminism because I think feminism, uh, feminism over the past century plus has done a great deal of harm to women and to little girls who grow up to become women. But somebody might scratch their heads. You know, it occurs to me as I'm taking this picture and I'm just so pleased with the whole motif and I'm pleased with the way that it looks. I think some people might scratch their heads and think, man, Garrett, like, what what do we make of you, right? Like, what, what category are we supposed to put you in? You buy your daughter this map of the world and all pink and gold and it says she's going places, but... I thought you were for keeping women oppressed and barefoot and pregnant and all that. And it's like, you know, maybe this bears some discussion. Let me explain. No, wait, there's too much. Let me sum up. As Inigo Montoya might say. It is precisely because I think that feminism does a poor job. I was going to use a different term, but as I'm talking about ladies and women, it occurs to me that ladies and girls and women might be listening to this podcast. Maybe just maybe the metrics don't bear that out, but, uh, or at least the the metrics don't 
bear out that it's a high percentage of girls and women. I'll put it that way. I think it's something like three to one. Seventy-five percent of my audience is male, and that's just fine with me. That's that's pretty good, actually, compared to the uh, ratio in my household. <laughs> but I'll use more polite language, but more polite diction. I think that feminism has done a very, very poor job of empowering women. Actually, I think it's weakened women. And I think that my biggest problem with feminism is that it demands that women become just like men in order to earn our respect. In fact, we can't imagine, we can't conceive of a world in which we respect and value girls and women, except one in which we also have girls and women who are less and less distinguishable from boys and men. And that is just a great heaping pile of folly to my mind. Why would we demand that girls and women be just like men before we're going to respect them? That's absurd. That, that's no respect. That's ridiculous. That's insulting. But of course, for too long, the feminists, both male and female feminists, and don't get me started on men who call themselves feminists. Don't even. Not this episode. We don't have enough time in this episode with the other things that I think are more worthy of discussion for today. But feminists have really missed the boat. They really have. That, that women and girls would have to be just like men in order to be respected. So long as there's a pay gap, women are oppressed in this country. So we are going to demand equal pay. Oh, wait, what? I'm sorry. <clears throat> Did I mishear you? Did you say communism? Is that what you said? It sounded like, it sounded like she said communism. I think she said communism. Right? Oh, no, not not communism? Are you sure? Okay, I could have sworn I heard you say communism. Because here's the thing. My wife does not receive a paycheck, except in the sense that she spends a great deal of mine. And I'm okay with that. I spend a great deal of my paycheck on my wife and my children, but money ate everything. Money is a means to the end. It really is. And it, if we lose sight of that, whether we're men or we're women, whether we're husbands or we're wives, whether we're fathers or whether we're mothers, if we lose sight of that, we really, truly are in a bad spot. You know, a lot of people misquote the scriptures, not just on this point, but specifically for the purposes of our discussion on this point, where they say that money is the root of all evil. No, 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 no. Actually, Proverbs tells us that money answers everything. <laughs> it might be the wrong answer sometimes, but <laughs> we are told it is biblical to believe that money answers everything. <laughs> yeah, I love this little sketch on Andrew Clavin's program. And I'm sure if Andrew Clavin and I sat down, we would have a fine conversation and we would disagree on some things. But I, I like him. I really do. I like Andrew Clavin. I can't help it. I disagree with some of his assertions and his comments, but I, I like him. I enjoy him. And he does this thing sometimes where, I, and I say sometimes, but pretty much every episode I watch or listen to of his program, the Andrew Clavin show, he... uh encourage his listeners and his viewers to, uh, his watchers, that sounds weird, his, his viewers, watchers, what's the difference? Uh, everybody, everybody uh, engaging his program to send questions in, uh, to be, you know, entirely honest and free to ask him advice, and he will answer all their questions. Uh, and, of course, those answers will be wrong, but still, he, he you know, he's committed to answering the <laughs> questions that they will ask. 
you know, so it is uh, sometimes with money. Money answers everything. Sometimes it's the wrong answer, but it, but it definitely will answer in some form or fashion. But here's the thing, right? Like, I, and I've told so many employers this over the years. When I'm being pressured into a change of circumstance, which is not advantageous to my family, I will tell them this point blank on the front end. And usually they just do it anyways because they're arrogant. Something about getting a fancy title has a tendency to go to men's heads, it seems to me. Not to their benefit or to the benefit of the company, usually. Especially when I walk. Not not trying to be conceited, but you'll miss me when I'm gone. (laughs) But I'll tell them. I'll say, you know... this job, my career is a means to an end. It really is. Uh, I don't need your validation. Uh, I've worked hard enough to develop a skill set and a resume to where I can go somewhere else with my skills and with my resume, with my experience, and I can get a job somewhere else, probably making as much or more as what I'm making here. I'm probably still here mostly for the sake of stability, not because I couldn't do something else, but because I thought at the time that I took this job that this was the most advantageous circumstance for my family. Now, if you change that, well, then I've got to reevaluate. And I can. And lo and behold, at least the last company that I worked for, not the one before that, the one before that, they were willing to work with me because the manager supervising me was smart. Uh, very smart. Even though I didn't stay, I have the utmost respect for his intelligence and his savvy because he recognized that he had a good thing going with me on his team. And he did. That's that's the truth. Not to toot my own horn, but toot toot. Last place I was at, I said, you know, this is just not working uh, because you guys have changed the circumstances. You've changed... Basically, my compensation and my schedule and my uh, location that I report to and am based out of and my job description and pretty much everything about my position to the point that I don't recognize this job description that you just pushed in front of me as if I am supposed to be some insecure 20-something wringing my hands like, oh, please, mister. Oh, please. Oh, no. No, no, no. But that's just the thing of it, right? That is just part of life. And so sometimes you have to have those conversations. And sometimes those conversations don't work out the way that you want them to. And that's fine. You move along and you do something different. And in this case, we've made, by the grace of God, some adjustments and It has me thinking. It has me feeling more optimistic that, you know what, maybe it's time that we reevaluate some of how we've got the house set up. So before I started this hitch, this gig, this shebang with the working from home deal again, after many years of working out in the field, usually an hour plus, away from home each way. I rearranged the furniture in my home office to make it more conducive. And I actually like rearranging furniture. I don't know how many people it'd be interesting to see some kind of a statistic on that. How many people love rearranging furniture and how many people love when they have furniture arranged in a certain way, just keeping it that way forever. But I love rearranging furniture. I love seeing, can we shuffle the deck here a little bit? Can we put this over there, put that over there? Is that maybe a more efficient use of the space? Is that maybe more in keeping with our changing needs? What it is that we do now differently than the way we used to do it or what we do more often now than what we used to do? So, for instance, this space that I'm recording in right now, it was some time ago, actually, John and Enoch's bedroom. They had this room to themselves. 
It was a bedroom. And all of these bookshelves that are in here right now, there are three bookshelves that we moved here with. And then there's one other new bookshelf that we picked up actually about the same time that this got converted into my home office. We've got all these bookshelves in here, most of which, three of which, were moved up from downstairs in what was the library. We were, we were calling it the library. We actually had four bookshelves in there, plus a table, plus all my wife's sewing stuff. And then at a certain point you say, you know what, <clears throat> actually, John and Enoch, I think they're old enough. We could put them downstairs in the basement with their older brothers. That might be good for all parties concerned. It might be good for the older boys to know in a more real, constant way that their younger siblings, their younger brothers are looking up to them, looking to them for leadership, for example, for guidance. And what kind of an example are they setting? Well, maybe they'll be more intentional about that if those younger brothers are down there in the basement with them. Also, too, the younger brothers will definitely feel like they've arrived in some sense. They'll feel like they're really cool that they get to hang out with their big brothers down there in the basement. For another thing, too, we had, for a little while, all three of our desktop computers that are up and running, that are current, that have pretty decent specifications. We had all three of those in this room for a little while before it became my home office with the work-from-home thing, the seven on seven off schedule, doing systems integration. And so what we did was we said, you know what? Hey, actually, since Lauren, you need to use your computer for sewing and for homeschooling and for all that kind of stuff. Maybe it doesn't make sense for your computer to be in here when I'm working in a place where you're not going to feel like it's safe for you to sit there at your computer and actually use it. And maybe just maybe you boys, when you're needing to use your computer for schoolwork or for playing some games after hours, once your chores are done, once your school is done, maybe it just doesn't quite make sense for half the weeks of the year, your computer being either in a place where you really shouldn't be accessing it because I'm working or in a place where you're going to have to be super, super quiet in order to be using it. Maybe that doesn't quite make sense. Maybe we should move all of those computer activities that you boys and Evelyn and my wife Lauren are using these computers for. Maybe we should move all those activities downstairs to what was the library. Maybe we should move those books. Books are pretty quiet things. Maybe we should move those bookshelves and those books upstairs to my office. I don't think they'll make I don't think they'll make a whole lot of noise. When I'm working, I also don't think that you guys will be in and out a whole lot to get books off the shelves. If you grab a book, you should probably be in pretty good shape to grab it, go read it somewhere else. If you need to, bring it back when it's convenient. And then this becomes a more sacred space for work from home, for podcasting, for writing, etc., etc. Well, then here... Several weeks ago, we got to looking at it, and it's like, you know, these beds down in the basement are in pretty rough shape, really, and it just doesn't work. It's too frustrating. It's too difficult. It's too challenging to keep that basement organized and tidy and keep everybody peaceable with one another. As much as depends on you, strive to live peaceably with all men. You know, maybe what we should do is we should rethink the way that we organize this space so that all of the boys, all six of the boys that are down there on the basement floor have an easier time getting along with one another and living peaceful with one another. So I took a look at it and I said, you know, hey, we're just about to sell this house. I just got my share of the inheritance from my grandmother Renew's estate. Surely, just surely, we can put some of that, we can devote and earmark some of that for getting some new bunk beds. It's about time, eight to 10 years. That's quite enough time with as heavy of use as these beds have seen. Let's get some triple beds instead of double beds. We can make the most of the floor space that we have. Those will put us in good stead. If we end up moving into another house after this that has 2,600 square feet like this one does, or 3,000 square feet, which would be much more ideal, maybe more, any 
number of square feet really will put us in better stead if we're making more efficient use of the space. It leaves more room for activities, as they say. So we ended up getting new bunk beds for the basement. And I feel like that's made a big difference in the way that my sons feel. And that was part of the strategic reasoning for getting those new beds down in the basement. They put them together for the most part. I helped a little bit with the logistics of it, with the strategic planning of how we were going to execute on this in an efficient way, in a time-efficient way. But they put them together, and I think that's made a big difference in how they feel, in how life functions and how life works. And I think that's an important thing. I think that's important that as fathers, as husbands, we are striving to live with our wives in an understanding way, for one thing. For another thing, I think it's very important that we as husbands and fathers not be provoking our children to wrath, either through active or passive mechanisms. And sometimes it just can't be helped. Hey, you know what? This is just what it has to be right now. Maybe that's frustrating, but it just is what it is. I'm frustrated too, but this is just what it is. We're going to have to exercise some self-control. We're going to have to endure this for a season. But when that ceases to be the case, when that season comes to an end, a new season begins, maybe just maybe you take a look and you reevaluate and you say, hey, you know what? I think we can be more efficient in this. I think we can be more intentional in this. I think we can be more benefited. I think I can love you guys better. I think I can serve you guys better. I think I can equip you guys to serve one another and me well if we rethink this, recalibrate, rearrange the furniture, perhaps. You know, at a minimum, even if it's not more efficient, if it's just half a dozen of one, six of the other to move this furniture over to there, a couple of things happen. And this is my perspective. This is why I like rearranging furniture. For one, I've got seven sons. Yes, you heard that right. I didn't stutter. I have one daughter, seven sons. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven sons. So I think to myself, okay, you know what? These sons, these sons of mine, they have a certain energy. They have a lot of it. They not only have a certain type of energy that's different and distinct from my daughter's energy, they have a lot of that energy that they have. And so what do I do with that energy? How do I help them to channel that in a productive way, in a beneficial way? Well, for instance, maybe, just maybe, I say, hey, guys, I need your help with this. Okay, we're going to take this part. You're going to take that side. You're going to take that side. And I want you guys to take this out to the garage. I want you guys to take this down to the basement. That piece over there, okay, I want you guys to be very careful. Don't hurt yourselves. Please don't damage the walls. Please don't damage the furniture. Watch your step. But I want you to take this out to the fence line because we're just going to get rid of it. If somebody picks it up, great. If they don't, well, there's a Greeley get rid of your trash day coming up. Maybe we'll just unload it. Or actually, you know what, guys? Let's wipe this down. Your mom's going to take some pictures before we post it on Facebook Marketplace. In the meantime, between now and when it sells, or we have to halt to the landfill, we're just going to put this in the garage. Okay? Keep the hardware close to it. Keep it with. But this piece is just not working for us anymore. This piece, P-I-E-C-E, is not helping us to maintain the peace, P-E-A-C-E. So we can do better, and we will do better. And believe it or not, I think this is part of how, as a husband, as a father, I can love my wife well, I can love my children well, is by directing these energies that we have in an optimistic way. You know, sometimes... The world looks like a dark and scary place because it is a dark and scary place. But you know what? It's a lesson. It's a less. <laughs> it's a less dark and scary place if you pick up your feet and you're focused on something that is intended to love God well, to honor the good Lord, and that is focused on loving your family well loving your neighbor as you love yourself. 
And I'll just be completely honest and not to be too sentimental or mushy or to seem as though I'm putting on airs or anything like that. But, you know, a big thing that's been on my mind here lately is, you know, how can we set ourselves up to love one another better and to love those outside of our home better? Are we set up for success? Are we organizing ourselves to be successful on a consistent basis at a high level. And we're definitely not batting a thousand. But I do think that a better way to spend our time, energy, attention, even, yes, money sometimes, than being anxious or resigned about a less than ideal set up is to say, you know, okay, maybe this takes some elbow grease. Maybe this takes a little bit of pencil and paper, a little discussion, a little bit of thinking it through, a little bit of measuring, but boy, howdy, you know, if we moved this over there, I think that would work better. And whether or not it does just on its own, just the fact that we are thinking in that way, I think is a team building exercise as a family. And I think it's important to work as a team, as a family. Sometimes you have to undertake projects just for the sake of learning how to work well together. Because at the end of the project, once you've accomplished what it is that you set out to, you high five one another and you say, you know what? Hey, we did it. And that means something. And that changes the dynamics. It changes the nature of your relationship. And that isn't to say that it's always easy. It isn't to say that it's always pleasant and happy and everybody's always getting along and having a great attitude. There are definitely moments where each and every one of us get grouchy, don't feel like it, aren't catching the vision. Maybe we'd rather take a nap. Maybe we'd rather sit on our thumbs. But which is better? Which is better for the long-term health and longevity of your family? Which is better for loving God well, loving one another well, accepting that on the front end and saying, ah, you know, I just just don't think that's going to work. I just, I don't think that would go well. I'll just do it myself or not. We'll just not do it. We'll just watch some TV. We get along when we all watch TV well enough in our own separate rooms away from each other. You know, which is better that or you just accept Define down what success looks like till it's manageable, till you're right at it. Or saying, you know what, okay, I think as we endeavor to do this thing together and individually, we're going to identify some gaps. And we're going to be honest about those gaps. And then we're going to try and figure out how to correct those gaps, how to mitigate those inadequacies in ourselves and in our way of relating to each other. I, for one, think it's a much better recipe for success when we adopt the latter of those two mindsets. Hey, we're going to do this thing, and it's going to be messy. We're not going to get along all the time. We're not always going to like what the other is doing or not doing and how we're all working together. But you know what? Here's what we're going to try and accomplish. And if we even accomplish three quarters of that or half of that, it'll be worth it. And in the meantime, we're going to learn how to work together better than we know now. We're going to figure it out. If we start getting impatient with each other, well, we're going to identify, hey, you know what? When this and this and this happens, we start getting impatient with each other. What can we do about that? Hey, let's talk about that. And maybe that is as valuable are more valuable than even the rearranging of furniture, the rearranging of a space is. But I, frankly, I think if you take my daughter's rearranging of her room, for example, here we've got my son's having gotten new furniture. Oh, you know, about the time last when she was born before this most recent time. So here she is. She doesn't know new furniture. Not for eight years has she known new furniture. But she sees them getting new furniture. She's thinking, oh, well, 
before I'll get new furniture, I'd like to put in a bid for a loft bed. And then I get to thinking about it. And at first I'm irritated, like, I don't know, I can't afford to get everybody new loft beds, da 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 And then it occurs to me, as I slow myself down, take myself in hand, wait a second, we've got a loft bed sitting in the garage. You know what? We've got everything we need. All we need more than what we have already is the desire and the willingness to serve Evelyn as a member of this family. And you know what? By golly, it's a beneficial thing for my sons to learn how to love their sister well, how to serve her. Not in a I'm less than you sort of a way, but in a with great power comes great responsibility sort of a way. You know, someday, I've told my sons this, someday you're going to be married. And there are two relationships right now that are helping you to practice how it is you're going to relate to your wife someday when you don't always see eye to eye, when you maybe even, dare I say it, get on each other's nerves, when you maybe, just maybe, are both tired and you didn't sleep well last night, when maybe, just maybe, you're kind of stressed out about your budget, your finances, your career, your social life, what's going on in the world. Those two relationships more than any others are your relationship with your mother and your relationship with your sister. And praise God that you have a sister on whom to practice relating to a female who is wired differently than you are, who has a different energy, by God's grace, than you have, and how you practice working through those dust-ups and those irritations and those conflicts and those opportunities to work together and accomplish a goal. How you navigate that is excellent practice that I never had, come to think of it. It's just my younger brother and I. How you work through those things is excellent practice for you having a successful marriage someday, for you working well with people you are different from. And so I think it's great. I think it's fantastic, actually, that Eli and Daniel took apart Evelyn's bunk bed because she doesn't need two beds. She can only sleep in one at a time. She just said she wanted a loft bed. Hey, you know what? We can make that happen. We've got the time. We've got the energy. We've got the tools. We've got the loft bed sitting in the garage. Just got to put it together. We got to take this one apart and take it out of here, but we can do that. Okay, you two, I can trust that you are going to do that if I set you to it. You two, I can trust you're going to help me carry this desk out of this gal's apartment or condo or whatever without damaging her condo or apartment. Also, maybe just maybe, you guys are going to be able to help me pick out a lamp and a little desk, a little mini desk shelf for the new desk. And we're going to come back. We're going to put this all together for Evelyn. And she's going to feel really, really well-loved and really well-served. And that's going to be good for you, and it's going to be good for her, and it's going to be good for our whole household, for our whole family. It's going to be really good for all of us. And you know what? Even just when you walk by the entrance to her room, you're going to look into it, and you're going to see hey, that looks really good. And I helped make that happen. I helped serve her well. And she's so pleased with it. And it works so well for her. And this is a practical way that I can love her well. And you know what? There's some other things that are kind of like that. I've got an idea. What if we did this? And what if we moved that? And all of a sudden, it becomes a force multiplier. If we can all get engaged, if we can all work together in that kind of a mode by God's grace, if we can all love each other as we want to be loved by God's grace. So, long story short, I think she's very pleased with her new setup. I'm very pleased with her new setup. I think we're all very pleased with her new setup. And we're on the lookout now for a new dresser for her. So if you know of somebody in the Greeley, Colorado area who's trying to unload a nice, gently used dresser that we could either put into her motif as is, or with a little bit of paint and changing of hardware. Let me know. 
I've reached out to a couple of people on Facebook Marketplace who have not very expensive dressers. One, I think, is going for $30 in Fort Collins, which, again, will be about double that once we factor in cost of gas, but it's worth it. Bring that in. We'll paint it, probably. I think it's all white. But it looks like it's in okay shape from the pictures. And then who knows what we'll do next. Who knows what we'll come up with next to make this work better. Maybe as a kind of fulfillment of Jeremiah 29. In any event. That's all I've got for this episode. That's all I've got for right now. I actually have another project lined up. I need to check and see if I've got any messages back from sellers on Facebook Marketplace that I reached out to. Might be running out and grabbing a dresser this evening, if so. But I also have a new iPhone for my wife. It's been about four years since she got her current phone. And it's been really acting up here lately. Apps just stalling out, things not working, not responding, her having to shut everything down, restart it routinely. She doesn't have time for that. We don't have time for that. So, yes, we're trading in her current phone for a new one. It's exciting. Yes, there's some cost to that, but it's an investment. And I will be very happy to help her figure out moving everything over, restoring the backup from the old phone to this new one that should be way faster, way more responsive. So I'm going to go do that. But as always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.